Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater for today. Today is Monday, November 30th, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 8, beginning with the last paragraph. My musing was interrupted. Ending on page 9, I got revision. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Judy S., The 12 Traditions, Janice B., and reading the literature for today are Duell, Karen S., and Sylvia S. The share ID for month Sunday, November 29th, our special edition meeting titled Step 1, Two and three, honesty, hope, and faith, presented by Renata G, is eight, two, three, three. Eight, two, three, three. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Judy S. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. And thank you, Judy S. And I will now ask Janice B. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B. in Vermont, compulsive overeater. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there's but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, least problems of money, property, and prestige, divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Janice B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book means to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 
8, the last paragraph, beginning with, my musing was interrupted. The first large paragraph, for context only, comments focus on line 9 through 20, beginning with, the door opened and ends with, I got religion. I will now ask Duell to begin reading. Good morning and thank you. My musing was interrupted by the telephone. The cheery voice of an old friend asked if he might come over. He was sober. It was years since I could remember his coming to New York in, in that condition. I was amazed. Rumor had it that he had been committed for alcoholic insanity. I wonder how he had escaped. Of course, he would have dinner, and then I could drink openly with him. Unmindful of his welfare, I thought only of recapturing the spirit of other days. There was the time we had chartered an airplane to complete a jag. His coming was an oasis in this dreary desert of futility. The very thing, an oasis. Drinkers are like that. The door opened, and he stood there, fresh skin and glowing. There was something about his eyes. He was inescapably different. What had happened? I pushed a drink across the table. He refused it, disappointed but curious. I wonder what had gotten into the fellow. He wasn't himself. Come, what's all this about, I query. He looked straight at me. Simply but smilingly, he said, I've got religion. And good morning. This is uh, Du L. Recover Compulsive Overeater. I'm just trying to get my timer on here. Sorry about that. Um, here we go. Okay. So um, here what I see is that Abby was someone who had um, gotten sober. And there was a change. There was a change. When we get sober, it, it's a change. Um, physically mentally he was seeing something totally different about about ebby um he knew that he was a fallen down drunk he knew that he did not look like this he was um expecting having certain expectations for his friend to be drinking with him and he said no you know i'm i'm not going to drink today and and he pushed the, the the drink towards him and and he refused it and that was a big change um, Bill is experiencing someone who had recover, who has uh, a spiritual experience with God, but he doesn't know that yet. He doesn't recognize what that looks like, but he notices that there's a change. Um, he's looking at this man. He's, he's, um, his, his mental capacity has cleared up. Um, he is talking now about religion. Um, which he didn't understand at that time that he wasn't actually talking about religion. He was talking about spirituality. Um, so it, it just goes to show that this program works, you know, and it starts, it's a beginning when we put down the substance, you know. Then after that, we have enough clarity to get the solution and, and we get, um, and there should be a change. There should be a change. Um, if there's no change, um, in our physical appearance, that's an indication something's not working. If there's not a change in our clarity, in our thoughts, that's an indication something's not working. If I can't connect to something greater than myself, that's already an indication 
something's not working. So here it's working because there is a change. And this program teaches us that when there is a change, there is a transformation. There's a physical transformation, there's a, a uh, spiritual transformation, and there is a transformation of how we used to do things. And what, what does it show? I'm able to put down the food. I'm able to keep it down. That's the transformation. I was not able to do that before. And so Ebby's showing Bill that this is a transformation that he's having. And um, Bill doesn't get it, um, but he's going to soon find out what that transformation is. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Duel. We are now going to open the floors for sharing. Who would like to comment for approximately three minutes? Barbara. Mm -hmm. from Virginia. Paula. I heard something with Kenny G or something G. Who was that? Kim G. Kim, Kim G. Okay, Kim G. Cheryl R. Melissa Singh. Dina L. Amy e. Cheryl R. Sue G. Melissa C. Gina S. Amy E. Amy E. Lynn S. Lynn S. Sue G. Sue G. Okay, we'll stop right there. Thank you very much. I have Barbara, Kim G, Cheryl, Melissa C, Tina S, Amy E, Lynn S, and Sue G. And if you would just please remember to mention the initial of your last name. Good morning to you, Barbara. Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovery Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. Every time I read this section of the big book, it takes me back to my equivalent of, you know, the getting religion because I spent many years going to a, a fasting place to try to, quote, detox. Uh, I had read a book way back before a program, Fasting Can Save Your Life, and since nothing else, no shot, no pill, no diet group, no therapy, no religious approach. Nothing could stop me from binging and driving myself into the ground with turning to food. I, when I read the book Fasting Can Save Your Life, I started going away to what they call the hygienic retreat, and I drink water like for three weeks on water to clean out my system the equivalent of getting the food down here and then not knowing anything about the phenomenon of craving, I'd come back home and when I couldn't deal with my life, my job, my family, I'd start again eating the wrong foods and in the wrong way and I'd be into the phenomenon of craving and down the pit again. So I kept going back and going back to this fasting place. And at one point after a couple of years of this, the Ph.D. nutritionist, was European-educated who believed in fasting, said, you know, Barbara, maybe you have to get religion. And this guy was not a religious person, not even what I could detect a spiritual person, but I guess he got the fact that somehow religion, so to speak, was connected with not using and overusing and abusing food. And I didn't get it at the time. It's like you see it in retrospect. And now whenever I picture Bill and Ebby at that kitchen table and Ebby saying, you know, I've got religion, it takes me back to the fact that the very same message came to me 
years before I was able to hear it or understand it or accept it. It had to come through the 12 steps. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you, Barbara B. Good morning, Kim G. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. The door opened, and he stood there, fresh-skinned and glowing. There was something about his eyes. He was inexplicably different. What had happened? You know, this to me, you know, he's saying he was sober, but I'm sure that Bill has seen Evie sober many a times. We've seen Bill sober throughout these eight pages, but he's seeing something inexplicably different. You know, um, I know for me, if I'm sitting in a meeting and I see someone who says that they're six years abstinent and 14 days and 15 minutes and you can feel the anxiety coming off of them, that's someone who's abstinent only. And next to them might be someone who says, yeah, I've been absent about six months. I've been through the steps. I'm sponsoring three people. They're light. They're airy. That's someone that's recovered. And that's my experience as well. I was absent for six years when I first came into OA. I felt every minute of that abstinence. I could tell you to the second, the last time I had a bagel. I could lament to you about the fact I'm never going to have a bagel. When someone asks me now how long I've been absent, I have to think about it because I, my, my recovery is based on my connection with God. I'm abstinent, absolutely, but because I'm not scared, I'm not cocky, I'm not afraid, I have to think about when my abstinence date was and then do a calculation because there's a big difference between the freedom from the allergy not being triggered and the freedom from the mental obsession being gone. And in my opinion, we focus way too much on just the, the freedom from the allergy not being triggered. And there is freedom. You're sleeping a little bit better. Your stomach's not as upset. I think of that Peanuts um, cartoon where all the teachers went wah, 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 wah. That's how I feel when I'm in the food. And that starts to clear up so I can pay attention to conversations. I just remember I was at a meeting and the girl was getting her 30-day coin and her sponsor was saying all this wonderful thing she's doing had nothing to do with the steps how many meetings she made, how she committed her food, how many phone calls that she made. And the woman got up and very meekly said, I'm almost embarrassed to take this coin. I've been in OA for six years. I have so many of these at home, and I've never gotten to 60 days. Why is that? Because the allergy being triggered is this, not being triggered is freedom. But if we don't treat the mental obsession, then we're not going to get freedom from the, from the mental we're not going to get freedom from the mental obsession. We're never going to get to the point where our eyes are different, where inexplicably be different, that we're glowing. And if you can just get freedom from the allergy and you're okay, you don't need to work these steps, the reality is you're not a real compulsive overeater. And that's what confused me because I saw people who were abstinent only, not working the steps and happy and wondering why I couldn't do the same. And that's because I am the real compulsive overeater. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Kim G. Good morning, Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl R. from Northern Virginia. Good morning. Um, love this. Love this uh, this whole section here. And and to kind of expound on what um, Kim had just said about what that something different was, um, I happened to, uh, later on today, I'm working with someone reading through Bill's story. And so last night I was watching the uh, film from about 25 years ago, My Name is Bill W., starring James Woods. And in the scene where Ebby comes to visit him, 
you see James Wood playing Bill Wilson come down the stairs and that selfishness that, you know, this thing where it says here, um, you know, it's a, it's an oasis. Oh, he was coming and he was living in a dreary desert of futility. He's in his robe. I mean, he's an absolute mess and probably the only, you know, uh, people he sees are his wife and, and, you know, just very minimal contact with everybody else. So he sees... Abby, you know, there's something different in his eyes. And the difference is not just the sobriety, but to me, it's an unselfishness. It's that, you know, there is a humility. There is um, uh, a quietness that had not existed in Abby before. Whether or not, as is, 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 uh, was just said, you know, he'd seen Abby um, sober before. But this was different. He wasn't himself. And, um, and in reading this, I mean, uh, you know, I've read this hundreds and hundreds of times over the years. First came into program in 1985. But I think one of the reasons I kept relapsing for a long, long time is I would read this stuff and I, I really, you know, what was just said about abstinence, you know, just without this spiritual change is is it's just a ticking time bomb it's a matter of time before you know you're done but realizing this selfishness realizing this having to come out of oneself which is what you know bill doesn't realize it yet but when ebby says i've got religion and and again this is what this being a spiritual program is he's got an idea that is something bigger than himself because for drinkers and for me as an overeater really the selfishness the thing of the 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 narcissism if you will of what what you know and i never realized it quite to the extent that i i have recently that this something different is the only way one is going to stay abstinence but to go on to a new life and um, and that is the thing of the I've got religion because it, it, it's about unselfishness to me, and he wasn't himself. So anyway, love this paragraph, love that film, and thank you for letting me share. With that, I pass. Okay, thank you, Cheryl R. Hey, good morning, Melissa C. Hi, good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa C a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I'm thinking about how, um, you know, I've had friends who um, had lost weight, you know, and so when you see them after not seeing them immediately for me, um, you know, my interest is peaked. What did you do? How did you do it? And yet that was very different from what's being described here and, and very different from what, you know, really happened for me when I started listening to A Vision for You um, because what I saw um, there wasn't just, you know, obviously I'm, I can't even see you people there, but what I heard, what I heard um, was people that had gotten God, you know, had gotten a, a transformation, that higher power experience. And, you know, seeing friends who've lost weight, that that piece was always missing, you know, it was, uh, it was always for me all about the weight loss and, and not really about what the solution was. I was so focused on the symptom. And, um, and yet, you know, so I started listening to a vision for you and I heard people um, speak about being recovered, not recovering. And, 
that to me was the real oasis, you know, that, um, oh, my gosh, you mean you're not fighting this? Because I've had abstinence before, and like it was described here, I could count down the seconds, you know, and tell you the last time I ate each specific food. Um, but this was very different from what I heard here, and thank God what I've experienced here. You know, it's a transformation that um, has occurred in Emmy and, and has occurred for recovered people here as well. And, um, you know, and so that's what I think Bill is really like seeing and, and his, his interest is being piqued because it's not just sobriety that is visible, but there's a sense of peace. Um, and thank you. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. And good morning, Tina S. Good morning, Santa. Thanks for your service. Tina S., uh, compulsive eater, anorexic from Florida. Wow, with some great paragraphs there. And I can truly relate today, and, and that's the gift, because when I first got here, I didn't even attempt to. One of the things that I like that, you know, when I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, you know, uh, I saw people that looked like the problem had been solved. And, and that's what I saw. And, and certain meetings I went to, the people that ch- uh, chaired passed around a picture of, you know, the before and after thing. And, um, you know, and, and what was explained in the paragraph, he, you know, he looked fresh skinned and bright eyed. So that wasn't something that I necessarily saw in the pictures of the people that were chairing. But what I do know today is that there is a difference. And it's already been shared about you know, just following a food plan and being on an abstinent diet as opposed to really doing the deal and uh, working the 12 steps to be transformed and to have a spiritual awakening is the result of these steps, the result, you know, and, and that has happened for me, and I'm so grateful. But I also wanted to talk about I've Got Religion, that specific uh, little paragraph, because when I first came in also, I heard that, and I thought, oh, I got this down, man, you know. I was raised Catholic, you know, I got this deal. Now, the truth of the matter was that I forgot that I was no longer a practicing Catholic, and there was a reason for that, you know, that, you know, I knew there was a God. I still believed there was a God, but I didn't believe that this God would be working in my life. I had that opportunity that, you know, to have that transformation, you know. Uh, lack of power certainly is my dilemma. And that, you know, and, and this book is about how I find a power greater than myself, which will fall And so I'm so grateful, grateful to be online, grateful to be able to listen to you all and um, for the opportunity to one day at a time live in a place of um, freedom from food obsession and from uh, most character defects on a daily basis. So thanks, I pass. And thank you, Tina S. And good morning, Amy E. Good morning, Santa. Amy E. in Northwestern Ohio. Um, just wanted to point out that um, uh, <laughs> Eddie's approach is not recommended um, <laughs> to just uh, come straight in and tell people I got religion. Um, I Later in um, working with others, it talks about on page bottom of 9293. Uh, even though your protege may not have entirely admitted this condition, he has become very curious to know how you got well. Let him ask you that question if he will. Tell him exactly what happened to you. Stress the spiritual feature freely. 
If the man be agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. This comes after um, you speak at length about alcoholism or compulsive overeating as an illness, a fatal malady. Uh, after talking about the conditions of body and mind which accompany it, the phenomenon of craving, um, the mental obsession, the queer mental twist. Um, I think that uh, Bill was able to latch on to what Ebby said because he knew Ebby. They drank together. He didn't have to have Ebby describe to him what kind of a drinker he was. They were best friends. Um, they they um, went on benders together. In Akron, uh, there's a... Um, the uh, intergroup office there in Akron has a little archive, and they have a letter written in, I think it's in pencil, in Bill's handwriting, in which he he and Ebby had chartered a flight to go get some booze. And, you know, back at this time, flight was really still uh, very rare. And it was such an occasion that they would have chartered a flight into this little town, I think it was in Vermont, that um, the whole town came out to welcome the plane, um, including the dignitaries of the town. And Bill and Evie basically disembarked from the plane. They, like, fell on the ground. They were drunk. And uh, there's a letter that the archive at the intergroup office in Akron keeps of a letter that Bill wrote to those dignitaries apologizing for his appalling behavior. Um, yeah, so uh, it's a reminder to me that when I'm working with others to first stress the compulsion, the malady, and then once I have, as Melissa C. was saying, once you start getting to that question of, well, how did you recover from this? What did you do? That's when we start talking about the 12 steps and about God. Thanks, I pass. And thank you, Amy E. And good morning to you, Lynn S., Good morning. This is Lynn S. from Toronto, Canada. This this really just gives me almost goosebumps. We're nine pages into Bill's story. We've heard the ups and downs over and over and over again. And here now, we're starting to see the magic, the miracle of recovery. Fresh-skinned and glowing, something about his eyes, inexplicably different. He wasn't himself. And it's just, you know, it's not seeing your eating buddy who's thin this time. It's not, it's not the next diet. It's not the next treatment center or, you know, what's the newest fad. It's not the next pill. This is something totally different. Ebby has been transformed and Bill gets to see it. And for us, it's that first glimpse of hope. This is different. Something exciting is coming. And it just, I love it when it says something about his eyes. I love it when you see somebody who's, just, who's getting recovery and they walk in the room and you see their eyes and they're just lit up with hope, with that incredible feeling that you get when you know inside yourself, or maybe you don't even know, maybe that's the magic of it either, you don't even know, but you know finally something's different. You have been transformed. The transformation is starting. I am so grateful for the program of recovery, for the ability to put the food down, have the food be quiet, and by working the 12 steps to be transformed into this incredible life I never could have had. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Lynn S. 
And Sue G, good morning to you. Sue G, if you're speaking, we don't hear you. I'm sorry. I told myself to remember to do it, and I didn't do it. Um, I was fascinated by this. I got religion because um, I have the Big Book Dictionary, and if any of you have it, you can look it up. And it's, you know, there's a system of belief and worship. Uh, I don't think it's just spirituality. Bill later talks about um, some go back and join a church and a fellowship, and some don't. Um, Bill couldn't accept the personal relationship with God. He couldn't. He couldn't accept a personal God, um, but you know, I thought, oh, I've got it made here. Um, this is before I got into vision for you. But I mean, it was like, you know, I'm part of a church. I'm born again. I'm, you know, I certainly um, should be able to have no problem. But I did. And that was because I didn't have the willingness to put the food down and let him take over, you know, and to let go and and. Um, work the program, work the steps explicitly the way they're written. And um, it was when I worked the steps and then started to do 10 through 12 that um, recovery started coming. And um, uh, I'm two months in, so and I all I know is I'm about two months. I know that Thanksgiving was two months for me. But I don't struggle anymore, and that's the miracle of the program is we – we see struggling. Um, it's it's not white knuckling it anymore. And I used to, you know, I used to do like, you know, I, I think I'm listening to somebody else mentioning, knowing, I've got this many days, this many, you know, I've got a month and four days, and and um, I don't do that anymore. It just it was just a miracle um, having vision for you take me through um, the first three steps and really explain them to me and talk about the solution. Um, I'm really, really grateful. And um, I may have have had religion, but I certainly didn't have the spirituality of the program. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Suji. And I want to say thank you to everyone for being respectful of the time. And if you're just joining us, we are on page 9, and we're commenting on lines 9 through 20. Who else would like to comment on what was read? Rachel W. Uh, I didn't get any names. Okay. Rachel Holla D. I heard Leah. Leah. Rachel S. Rachel Holla All I got to. Oh. I have Larry D, Leah N, Nadia E, Nadia, Nadia, and Basa. Okay, we're going to go to Basa. Okay, we're going to stop right there. Okay, Larry, I have Larry K, Paula D, Leah M, Rachel R S, Sharon R S. Uh, Nadia B, Vasa O, and Devorah S. And hopefully, hopefully we'll get to everybody. Larry, that was Nadia, sorry, that was Nadia E as in Edward. Thank you. Larry K, you're up. Good morning, Good morning, Santa. Larry K, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. So, um, 
Yeah, this is, you know, when Ebby Ebby gets there, you know, Bill sees something different, right? We've heard that. And you know, spirituality it's an interesting thing. It's um you know, it's what does it signify? You know, it's uh it's it's something you can't you 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 can't hold it, you can't grasp it. It's beyond um it's impervious to touch, and yet somehow we know it when it's there. We know it when we see it, you know? And um it's interesting to me because what it makes me think of is when Ebby shows here and, and Bill sees him, it makes me think of the fact that like over Thanksgiving, you know, most people that have seen me for, you know, my family for a number of years, they, they're just used to what they see now, you know, but um, every so often there'll be someone that'll remember the, the guy that was, uh, you know, a hundred pounds heavier and so on and so forth. And what, what's interesting to me is, is you know, they'll, they'll, they see the physical packaging and they'll, you know, and I heard, uh, saw a few of those people and uh, oftentimes, wow, and, you know, what are you eating? What are, I need to, whatever you're eating, I need to eat that, you know, and, um, you know, what, what's interesting is Bill saw something in Abby, you know, but it's beyond what we see is beyond it's impervious to touch you know it's beyond my physical packaging whatever someone sees in my physical packaging that's just the surface stuff you know what follow me around for a while now you're gonna if you did you're gonna see a very imperfect human being uh because there is no perfect human being um as far as I, as, as I can tell but um but you'll see someone um who's different that when I leave this call you know, um, I have a, a, a program of action that I try to practice to the best of my ability. I have a relationship with the creator today, you know, that I try to stay connected with um, through these simple actions. And, uh, you know, and, and so I treat people better. You know, I treat myself better. You know, service comes naturally. I don't walk in fear and resentment and dripping with judgment of other people. And when those things crop up as they will, I got to imagine that I got a I got a program of action to deal with that. You know, so it's beyond the, I think what Bill saw in Abby was much beyond um beyond the uh the physical, but he did see a glimmer of something and I saw that in you and it it got my interest. Got my interest. It planted the seed was planted. The seed was planted to move forward. Maybe God, if there is a God and I don't know what it is, but if there is a God, maybe God planted that seed in me. I'd like to think that uh, God did. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry Kay. Good morning, Paula D. And a good morning to you, Sonia, and thank you for your, Sancha, and thank you for your service today on this Monday. And I'd like to begin in the beginning. This, the door opened, and we all know there was more than a door that opened here. But this is what he saw. He saw a man that he knew, fresh skin and glowing. Mm, I don't think that's the way he remembered him. There was something about his eyes, and we see that oftentimes it says the, the eyes are the windows to the soul. Perhaps this is what he got a glimmer of. I don't know. He was different. What had happened? Now, there's the curiosity. What happened to this guy? But I want to go to this pot. Nothing changed in Bill, by the way, as we can see. I pushed a drink across the table. He refused it. Can you imagine that? Now, this is really kind of getting to him. 
disappointed. He was disappointed. He wanted his drinking buddy back. But still curious. I wondered what had happened to the fellow. This is it. He wasn't himself. Or perhaps we should change that. He finally was himself, the one that God intended him to be whole and healthy. You know, we see oftentimes this disease, it takes us. It takes mind, thought, body, the very spirit of us. But recovery gives us that all back, which was originally ours, that we lost somehow, whether it be the wounds of life, the habits, the addiction, wherever you want to take it. But this part, come, what's all this about? Oh, this curiosity. He looks straight at me. You know, I love that line. He looked straight at me. He didn't put his eyes down. He didn't move them to the side. He didn't send them in a different direction. You know, you know about that. Simply. That's all. Simply. But smiling. And this is what he said. I've got religion. Well, you can take that word where you want to. You can take it where you want to. But he spoke the truth for himself. Yes, I believe it was more than religion, because I don't know if there's any one religion, and I'm not going to get into that game. But I will say that I think spirituality, that was the connectedness he finally found. And I want, as I end here, I must say, I use the word spiritual. I've got spirituality. There's the difference. So with that, I do pass, and I thank you for this time that I was allowed to share. And thank you, Paula D. Good morning, Leah M. Good morning, Sandra. Thanks so much. Yeah, so, you know, here's Bill (laughs) floundering, uh, hungover, you know, caught in the throes of his own alcoholism, and he's receiving a visit from his good old friend, Ebby Thatcher, an old drinking buddy, and Ebby's uh, excited to spread the good news that, you know, he's sober and he's free. You know, the big book says here he was inexplicably different. He wasn't himself. And that's exactly uh, what transpires as a result of these 12 steps. You know, the secret of these 12 steps that we talk about every day is that it creates a dramatic change in character, in personality, and in values. Uh, We're talking much more than just a physical solution here. You know, Epi is more than just sober. Uh, Recovery is more than just the simple elimination of my binge foods. It is a wholeness. It is a soundness. It is a restoration. It is a rehabilitation of a life. The big book calls it the fact that we are reborn. See, God doesn't just give back a piece of a life or a part of a life. God gives us a whole new life. Uh, These 12 steps allow us to grasp new soil, and and that's the difference. You know, in the uh, spiritual experience in the back of the text, it says that we have a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. See, it's inward. 
it's an inward change. You know, you just want to lose weight. There's plenty of places. Uh, you can look up on your own websites there and find a place that uh, does just the physical. But someone like me, a real compulsive overeater, I need something with depth. I need to be inwardly rearranged. Uh, my my text tells me that we finally realize we've undergone a profound alteration in our reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. So this is much more than just the mere elimination of binge foods for me. I've done that thousands of times, thousands of times. This process of the 12 steps has created a new person living a new way of life, and that's a transformation, and that is absolutely profound. Because one of the strange things about alcoholism, or one of the strange things about compulsive overeating, is that even though it's a terminal disease, a fatal disease, it's possible to come out of it in better shape than when you first realized you had it. And what makes that possible is the spiritual experience that's talked about here in the big book. It's that inward rearrangement where old ideas, emotions, and attitudes are cast aside and we begin to be dominated by new ideas, emotions, and attitudes. We're not ourselves anymore. We've been recreated, reborn. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Leah Ann. And good morning to you, Rachel. Hi, Santa. Good morning. This is Rachel W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, calling from New York. Um, thank you for your service. And, um, you know, it, this whole section, anyone on the line that doesn't believe in miracles, I mean, in my experience, this this is how they work, <laughs> is, uh, you know, at, at my lowest points in life, you know, where, where I, I just could not see another way. Um, I, you know, God is orchestrating events and, and moving things around and, and sending messengers, you know, in my life. And, and the, the real question is, do I, am I open enough to receive these messages? Am I open enough to, to see who's around me that's carrying that message that I need? So, um, you know, just, just calling in today, you know, that alone is a miracle that we're all on this line. So here we have, you know, Bill getting this opportunity through Abby. Well, you know, Abby's shining, and he says he's got religion. And, you know, I, I've got religion, too. I've got a great religion. But, and my spirituality that I have in this program is wonderful, and, and it was a great joy to me to see that the spirituality in this program is, is already inherent in, in my religion. But what was off was me. You know, I was, my addiction and my food and my, anything I was indulging in was blocking me from receiving any sort of message from the universe. And until I could get that down, I couldn't see the people he was sending into my life, and, and I couldn't see all the chances that God was giving me. You know, God never gives up on us. He never gives, gave up on me. And um, I have to truly be open to it. So this program helped me just, you know, put down my food, put down my substance. I know I can lean into the steps and, and live a different way and be transformed. And to me, the transformation isn't so much about keeping the food down as it is of doing service. I think service makes people grow. And so much so that I, I had a, I just had a, um, I'll just end off with this, I just had a recent experience where a year ago I attended an event where I was um, 40 pounds more and I was just coming out of a relapse. I went back to that very same event and I only had service on my mind. I didn't even focus on the fact that I was back to my, you know, size 10, 12. I didn't even focus on that and, and here people noticed it and I thought it was such a great joy to me to be more focused on service than I was on how I looked. So, for me, this is this is um, a section of hope and, and and proof that miracles happen and that God is speaking to every single one of us, but we just have to 
put down the substance to be open to the messages that he's sending into our lives every day. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you, Rachel W. And good morning, Sharon R.S. Sharon, if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Um, Santa, this is Sharon H. I had put my name in. Do you think it was me? I do, I do believe it was you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> this is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Thank you, God. And I just love this paragraph and that, that thing about his eyes. There was something about his eyes. What was it? I, I couldn't understand. I asked him, and he said, I've got religion. And <clears throat> what came to my mind was <laughs> when I was at the uh, OA Vision for You conference, you know, it was the first time that I got to see so many people that I had listened to on this line since July of 2012 but had never met with the exception of maybe one or two that had had a real impact in my life um, way before I began listening to this program. And that was what I saw. I saw that in their eyes. And I saw it in my own eyes, too. And I am just so very grateful for that, that um, <clears throat> through this program and listening to the doctor's opinion, which gave me finally freedom to see the truth, that I had refused to see. Um, I have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body when it comes to the food, just like I did many years ago with the alcohol. And yet I did not see it until I began to listen to this OA Vision for You phone line meeting and then worked these steps just like they were laid out in this book. And that miracle is available to each and every one of us. And I'm just so grateful to be uh, a part of this miracle that God is using to transform and renew and restore us one day at a time by his amazing grace and these 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Santa. And thank you, Sharon H., and thank you all for staying under the three minutes. We have three people left. If you all can stay under the three minutes, I can get everybody in. Nadia E., good morning. Good morning, family. It's Nadia E. from Toronto, Canada. And um, uh, I, I just, I love the spirituality of, of the, you know, the 12 steps. And that is uh, what happens. So initially, you know, we hear about um, the excitement of getting together with his old drinking pal. And, and then he's disappointed that, you know, he doesn't have... He doesn't have that, and what he sees is that he's totally different. And, um, and he was kind of disappointed, but then I think at the same time, he was um, inspired. And the inspiration, um, you know, from what I, I saw in, in the rooms of OA uh, was just incredible. It was contagious, and it was, I had to be ready. You really have to be ready. If you're not ready, you need to hit another bottom. And I'm so amazed at my transformation. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, actually, you know what, I'm so sorry, I didn't even time myself. I had to time myself for a few minutes. Anyway, just tell me, give me a heads up. Um, so, you know, what did I write here? <laughs> um, so, it's clear that I'm, I'm blessed with 
today. It's the peace. It's the joy, the love, and confidence. And I see it in my relationship. That's, that's the image that I get. That's when I know that what I'm doing, how I'm behaving um, is, is a transformation. That is my... Um, I guess my laboratory, you know, like I go and I, and I do the work um, and, and I see it. I see it in the eyes of other people, you know, the gratitude that they have. And um, it's, it's just, I'm so, so grateful for that. And even though, you know, I used to think all I've got, you know, is January 11th, like the 11th of each month. That's when it, it's my absent date. Oh, wow. But now it's like I... It, I've heard before. Sorry, did you say my time is up? Yes. Okay, thank you. With that, I pass. And thank you, Nadia E. And Vasa O, good morning to you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Santa, for your service. And I am Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater calling to Florida. And I love this paragraph because I can identify so much with it. Uh, God sent me a messenger to my house when I was deep, really into my food addiction, and I really was ready to hear the message because I've been searching for the message for years and years, how to put the food down, you know. And, uh, again, a friend of mine walked through my kitchen, you know, and I saw difference. And what I noticed was the physical part first. But I also saw the peace, the glow in her eyes, the peace. I saw peace in her face, too. And uh, I, I mean, I was amazed, you know, to hear the message. She was uh, doing her 12th step, uh, carrying the message to me, what she had received herself, you know. And this, this is what's about, you know. We receive the message, and then we carry the message to other sufferers. So, again, I'm just so, so grateful that God sent her in my life, and uh, she is still in my life. We are more like friends today. And uh, I did not know much about the program. I, you know, it's a gradual thing. The transformation was happening to me as I was going through the 12 steps and the awakenings. And um, so I know there's not much time left, so I'm just going to pass. Thank you for letting me share that pass. And thank you so much, Vasa. Oh, Devorah F., you'll be our last year for today. You have one minute. Hi, good morning, everyone. It's Deborah S. Recovered in New Jersey. Thank you, God. And you know what? That sentence that says "I've got religion" that really spoke to me because when I got it, when I came into program, I did have a religion, but I didn't know how to utilize the God of my religion in um, in my life. And so grateful today, I learned in this program how I can talk to God and pray to God and give Him my most inner thoughts. And and talk and and pray to, prayers to him, um, because he wants to be there for me. He's there for me, and uh, honestly, I didn't know that in my religion. I thought it was God was there for the big things in my in my life, and not for little Devora over here in New Jersey, um, struggling with the food. And um, so, so grateful today that every day I can have I have an opportunity to strengthen my 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 um, connection with God. Um, and um, and to utilize his power in my life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. And thank you, Devorah S. 
And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Karen S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Karen, if you're speaking, we don't hear you. Hello, I'm getting to the page, Santa. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.